My, my, my. He's a great God. Oh, is he a great God to anybody else this morning? Hey, come on, I can't be alone this morning. He's been too good to me. When I think back over my life, he's been too good. Feels good in the house. Uh, you may return to your seats this morning. I'm going to try my best to, to, to hurry along. I know it's a holiday and you want to see mama for a little while. So I'm not going to try to keep you too long this morning. But it feels good in the house. As long as Jesus is here, we might as well have church. Turn your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. While you're turning, I want to give honor to your pastor and his wife. I'm so thankful for Bishop Williams and his family. Thankful for all that they do in this community, what they mean to you all. It, it really, truly swells my heart with uh, joy to see people that truly love their pastor. And uh, man... I'm so thankful for my own pastor, Pastor Holmes. He may not ever hear me say any of that, but I give him honor today. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Well, let me tell you something real quick, because that hand clap wasn't nothing. But if it wasn't for mothers, we wouldn't be here. And in a world that wants to tell mamas that they're irrelevant, and that they aren't, they're not really women, they're just whatever they want to be on a spectrum. I thank God for my mother. She's a woman, a woman of God, a woman of prayer, a woman who held me when I was sick. You ought to be thankful for your mom this morning. And I'm thankful for the church because in essence, the church is of some sort our mother because we were all born in this thing. I didn't join, I was born in this truth. And I'm thankful for it today. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 22. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover, everyone say recover, recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him, at his will. For just a short time this morning, I want to preach to you from this thought. Surviving the trap of the devil. Surviving the trap of the devil. If you wouldn't mind setting your Bible down, stretching your hand toward this pulpit, and asking God to be with us one more time. Lord, here we are again, God. We're asking you. Come on, church. Let's lift our voice this morning. God, we're asking you to move, Lord. Lord, you see the needs of every heart in this building. God, if there's somebody that needs to be delivered, if there's somebody that needs to be set free, if there's somebody that needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, we're asking you, Lord, to be in the house and do whatever needs to be done, Lord. 
Lord, don't let us leave the same way that we came here. But God, do a miraculous work in the building and let it be so that this could only be done by your hand, Lord. Anoint these lips of clay, God, and hide me behind the cross. And everybody shout in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, shout it a little louder in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, shout it till you feel victory in Jesus' name. I wish a mama would shout it till her babies came back home. I wish somebody would just get a little boldness and shout in Jesus' name. Jesus over my family. Jesus over my home. Jesus over my husband. Come on, somebody. should understand that I'm very aware that my message is not a Mother's Day message, but I could not get away from it. And the more I tried to come up with a Mother's Day message, the more the Lord was saying no. So I'm sorry. I love all you mothers. Thank you for being the godly examples that you are. But my message is not about mothers. Today, I want to talk about something that's very serious and very near and dear to my heart. Today, I want to try to help somebody if I can. Today, I want someone to realize that there is an answer for the issues in their life, but it's all in your own hands. God has already provided a way. You've got to make the decision to walk the way. In the Old Testament, many times in Scripture, not only in the Old Testament, but we see a, a phrase and it's called the snare of the fowler. But in 2 Timothy, the Bible changes it from the snare of the fowler to the snare of the devil. And I want you to understand something, that a snare is simply a trap and the fowler was simply a man who hunts birds. In the Old Testament, you had to perfect a craft in hunting Birds. It was a way so that you could eat. It was a way so that you could hunt. You had to be able to strategically hunt birds. What that looked like was this hunter would, would survey a bird. It would see its ways. It would see how it interacted in its environment. It saw how it interacted with people. It saw where it liked to go, where it didn't like to go, what it liked to eat, what it didn't like to eat. I want you to understand this morning that the same thing is happening in the spiritual with the devil. The devil is watching every step you take. It's watching the people that you hang out with. It's watching the conversations that you have. And it's all doing one thing, and that is to trap you so that you can't live free the way God designed for you to live. But I've come to tell somebody, it's time for you to get free this morning. I don't care what the cage looks like. I don't care how much messed up you think your life may be. It's time for you to live free. Well, I thought I'd have more people than that. Hey, listen, maybe you've never been bound up. But when you come up out of that cage, I promise you, God will be right there waiting to meet your need, but it's all in your hands. 
And so I, I want to kind of give you some information. I, when, I was, when I was a little boy, we had a, a bird. And I never could understand this bird. I never, I didn't really, it was mine, but it wasn't mine. You parents know what I mean. I, I didn't take care of it. My mama fed it. She's such a good woman. My mama fed it. She took care of it. She did all the things that was necessary to make sure that thing lived. I didn't do anything with it, but it was in a cage. One thing about this bird is that when we would open the cage, the, the cage door would be wide open. And me being a stupid kid, I would walk away from it, and, and the bird could easily get out if it wanted to. But it would never fly away. It would never leave the cage. Because in the mind of that bird, in the mind of what was captured, there was no way of escape, even though the, the door was wide open. Let me tell you something. You're sitting in a trap right now that the devil designed for you, but God already took the keys a long time ago, and the door is wide open this morning. And God is waiting on you to make the decision to walk out of your cage. Whatever's got you bound, God wants you to walk out of it. Walk out of the financial turmoil. Walk out of the mess up in your life. Walk out of the drug addiction. Walk out of the things that you don't see an answer for. But God said, I see an answer. Come up out of that cage, boy. I got something better for you. But, but what we got to understand is the devil, the devil, he, he, you know, we, he's an idiot. And, and let, me, let me explain that. I hope you're not offended by me calling the devil an idiot. But the devil doesn't have any good sense. Because what he likes to do is he, he has to watch you to see what can keep you bound up. He, he wants to see if, are the friends going to keep you bound up? That's why you got to be careful who your friends are. You better be careful what they're saying about pastor and what they're saying about this church and what they say about Pentecost as a whole. You better be careful the people you surround yourself with. Oh, you go down that Pentecostal church, they don't do, they just hop around all the time. No, let me tell you something. This is freedom like we've never known. I get so mad at people that like to tell us we look crazy because we shout and dance. You look crazy down at the football stadium. I'm going to shout and dance because one day he heard my cry and he rescued me. And I'll never go back to the way it was. You can call me crazy all you want to. But let me tell you something. When you was down in the barroom dancing, nobody told you you was crazy. When you was drunk out of your mind, didn't know how you was going to get home, nobody said you was crazy. But now that you're living a blessed life, why in the world would I dance? I'm going to dance just to make the devil mad. But I'm going to dance because I'm thankful God brought me out. Matter of fact, I love it. Bishop said it last week when David was dancing. You know that Michael, this ain't got nothing to do with my mess, excuse me. But that Michael, his wife, she said, you look crazy dancing in front of the maid servants and in front of all the people. And David said, you're upset because I was dancing in front of maid servants and people? He said, let me tell you something. He said, you don't remember like I remember what your daddy did to me. You don't remember how he came from my life. You don't remember how I was hiding in the cave and you got kidnapped and all of my kids got kidnapped. I didn't know where you were. And you're going to get mad at me because I was dancing in front of a couple maids? 
He said, well, let me tell you something, Michael. He said, the next time you see me dance, he said, I'm going to get more vile than I ever have. I'm going to dance like crazy than I ever have. Why? Because it makes the devil mad and I love it. Call me a fool if you want to, but I'd rather be God's fool. I'd rather be a fool for God and rolling in the ground and going crazy than anything else this world has to offer. If I die, let me die, but I'm dying in the army of the Lord. That ain't got nothing to do with my message. Y'all be seated. Be seated, please. I'm trying to stay on track. I'm trying to get you to the Mexican restaurant on time. But the snare of the devil, he watches. He watches to see what you like on Instagram. I'm going to tell you something right now. We better be careful in Pentecost that we're not condoning behaviors of the world by liking it on Instagram. Oh, you said, well, it's just a like, Brother White. Well, let me tell you something. You don't know what that like is telling to that person. In a world that seeks validation every way they can find it, you better believe that when a Pentecostal likes a backslider post, they feel a little bit of validation from that. But I come to tell you, you better be careful of the things you're liking. Let me tell you, the devil wants you to keep liking it and keep acting like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. You, you can keep liking that inappropriate picture. Ain't nobody going to see it. You can keep going on those pages. Nobody knows what you're doing. I'm coming to tell you, you better come up out of your cage. God's trying to rescue you from a spirit of perversion. God's trying to rescue you from a spirit of lust this evening. You better come up out of your cage. Now, please don't misunderstand me. You can be seated. I'm not against social media at all. I have all of it, just about. But I, I, I believe that in, this, in the world that we're living in, it can be so easy to become trapped by those things. Because I'm going to tell you, every one of us this morning at about 9 a.m., it told you how much time you spent on that phone. How many hours you spend on TikTok. I, I'm not here to preach against TikTok, so you, you can calm down. But how many hours you're spending on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. And God's trying to speak to a generation that is so desperate for a move of God. And the people of God are distracted. Oh my God, help me tonight. We can't even sit at dinner tables because we're on our phones. We can't even have conversations because we're on our phones. Matter of fact, some of you are on your phones right now. Let me tell you, we're in an end time right now. And if we ever want to see revival, we better come up out of the trap that's been set for us by the devil. Now, I, I knew this wasn't going to be uh, uh, hooping and hollering, but you're just going to have to bear with me today. I, I'm just telling what I feel in the Holy Ghost. And so you can be seated. And so we're, we're living in an age, a digital age, Everything's moving so fast. We're, we're living in a world where, where kids know how to create animations. I, I, I'm going to tell you, when I was a kid, I, play, I ate Play-Doh, so I don't, I don't know nothing about it. That's what I did back in 2002. I, 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 brother, 
Brother Isaac was just being born in 2002. I was all the way in kindergarten or first grade one. I can't remember. But, but we're living in a digital age where, where people, children. Now, Sister Williams already addressed this, so I felt like it was confirmation of God for me to say this. You think that the world's not after your children? When they can dress up story time and put a bunch of men in dresses and, and, and put them with makeup and, and let them make women look stupid and, and then on top of that tell them it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter where you, what you was born as. You can be whatever you want to. Let me tell you something. They're after your children. But you better thank God, young people, if you got a mama in the room that's been praying over you. Hey, when she anoints your pillow with oil, don't get mad at her. She's trying to protect you. When she's wailing in your room, God save my baby. Don't get mad at her. You better thank God you got a mama that's willing to go to war for your soul. Jesus, help us. Mom, you can be seated. My mama, I love her to death. She's probably watching. I hope she don't get offended. My mama, we, 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 we were raised in that. She, she, we were raised in a little church that did not emphasize prayer. Matter of fact, I didn't even know churches had midweek services until I joined the Pentecostal church. They said, you're going to come on Wednesday. What? I thought we only did Sunday. But I, I didn't even know about midweek services. That's not, you know, my mama's a good woman. She's full of the Holy Ghost, thank God. She's living for God now. But at the time, we didn't know no better. Let me tell you something. You second and third generations, you better be thankful. My God, I wish, I wish I came from a lineage of preachers. I wish that uh, my daddy had been a pastor. I wish that my daddy had just been in church. But since I am where I am, you better believe I'm going to do everything I can to protect this next generation from the perversion that's running rampant in this world. Young men, you can grow up and be a man. Young women, you can grow up and be a woman. You don't have to give in to the lies of the world. You can be everything God has for you to be. We're living in a world that tells our young people. They tell our young people, every young person's watch pornography. You might as well do it. I come against the lie of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. If there's a young person in this room and you're struggling with pornography, in the name of Jesus, I break the chains of bondage. Because, I'm going to tell you, you can be seated. Because all of this culminates to one thing. Every piece of it fits together in the puzzle of the world that tells me that if you're going to do if you're going to do anything, you're going to have to do it our way. But we ain't doing it that way. We're doing the way God intends for us to do it. I don't care what your circumstance is. I don't care if your mama is raising y'all by herself. You can still be a man. I, I don't care if your daddy did walk out on you. You ain't got to be homosexual. I don't care if you are got several siblings and you're the only man in the household. You can grow up and be a preacher. Let me tell you, you're looking at proof right now that you can grow up and be a preacher of the gospel. You don't have to get into the lies of the world, but God can free you from the cage that you're in.
I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Is that okay? You can be seated. Because I'm going to tell you, I know what I wanted to hear when I, was, when I was a young person. I know what I wanted to hear, but I know what I needed to hear. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I didn't need to hear all this stuff about healing. I didn't have an infirmity. But I did need to hear about deliverance. I did need to hear about how you can be a man in a world that doesn't want you to be a man. I did need to hear that no matter your circumstances, God can still call you and God can set you up and God will put you in places that you can't imagine. God will make you a preacher. God will make you an evangelist. God will make you a missionary. God will do whatever he needs to do, but he's going to get your attention one way or the other. Please, young person, don't leave this place and say, I, it's just, that's just coincidence. No, this is a God moment. You need to decide today, 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 today. The Bible lets us know that right now is the moment of salvation. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Matter of fact, you don't even know what the next hour holds. See, the, the, the lie that the world has sold to our young people is that statistically, you can live to 70-something years old, and when you get to 60 or something, then you can live for God. Well, that's a lie from the enemy. You're looking at a person who's had several friends, young people, people not even in their 20s, I was 16 years old. One of my best friends died in a car accident. Thank God he was saved, sanctified, but he died in a car accident. You have no idea what awaits you when you leave this building. So why in the world would you go out of this building knowing that your soul's hanging in the balance? You better come and make it right today. You better come and make up your mind, God. I don't know what you have for me, but I'm going to give you my soul. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my mind. You can be seated, because I'm going to tell you where it all starts, okay? There's an old saying. It said, whatever has your mind has your heart. Whatever has your heart has your salvation. You realize that it all starts in the mind. It don't start at the heart. It starts at the mind. Now, there are things that are in your heart that are just natural, but there are things that get into your mind that creep down into your heart, and then you become that very thing. And God's trying to wake a generation up before it gets too bad. Because I'm telling you, we're, we're living in a generation now where because of COVID, church attendance is not emphasized. Oh, that got quiet on me right then. Church attendance is not emphasized. Matter of fact, people would rather sit at home and watch it on live stream, but that's not the way God designed for us to do this. God said, and they were assembled. You got to get in one mind, in one accord, in one place then can a suddenly happen. But when you're sitting at home on the recliner in your PJs, I don't know if you can have a move. Now, I believe you can have a move God anywhere. Don't misunderstand me. But there's something powerful about when the people of God get together. But it doesn't start there. It starts in the mind. That's why the Bible says be renewed. Let your mind be renewed because this world's going to, don't, don't be renewed by the world, but be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Let me tell you, it all starts with an idea in your mind. And God's trying to tell us, you need to address it today. Let me tell you, when those thoughts come into your mind, 
the original thought, you can say, okay, in Jesus' name, I rebuke it. And you realize that it goes away. It, the devil can't stand the name Jesus. So when you start proclaiming the name over your mind, when you start proclaiming the name over your actions, you realize that whatever was in your mind doesn't move down to your heart and it doesn't become who you are. So thanks be unto God, we have a way of escape that we sleep on so much. And I understand in Pentecost, we know the power that is in the name Jesus. But I wonder if we really know the power that's in the name Jesus. You realize that when we shout the name Jesus, this, this auditorium's atmosphere begins to shift. Why? Because the king of the universe just stepped into the building because he heard his people cry out to him. If my people shall humble themselves and pray. Let me tell you, we got the name applied. He said, all you got to do now, humble yourself, pray and turn from your wicked way, and I will heal the land. What does that look like? That looks like revival from in communities and we had no idea we're even looking for. You realize that the response to what happens in revival has nothing to do with it just happened that way. But I promise you, there's some people out in our communities that are crying out for somebody to help them with an answer. And there's a pastor that sits in this pulpit every single Sunday and he's been preaching his heart to you all and you realize that he's heard the cry of those people not, not in the physical but in the spiritual and so he said we've got to do something to reach him and so here we are in a season of revival let me tell you something I don't know about the rest of you but I don't want to do revival like normal I, I don't want to come in here and we have a good time and we shout and I love shouting <laughs> my God this church I love it every time we get to shouting I get to smiling because I love it but we, it's not just about shouting and dancing and then I get to go on my way and nothing happened. But how incredible would it be if the saints of God in this building began to hear what the bishop's been hearing and you put your ear to the ground and you say, oh, oh yeah, I, I can feel it. Somebody is crying out for God and we have so many people get the Holy Ghost in this church during a revival. That would be the will and heartbeat of God. There's somebody that wants to come out of where they are and they're looking for people that can help them be better than what they ever been. Because such were some of you. Such was me. I'm not going to keep telling my testimony. You can forgive me about it, but, but I'm telling you, I wish I had the time to tell you everything God's done. I wish I had the time to explain to you the ways God's made in my life, the provisions that he's given to me. I, I don't deserve to be standing before you. I'm just going to be honest with you. But somewhere along the way, there was a preacher that saw the need for this boy to come up out of where he was. Because I was exposed to pornography at a young age. I tell you, I was exposed to pornography in the second grade. You think it ain't after your children? I'm, I'm trying to encourage some young people, but I'm trying to get some parents on board to say, well, not in my house, not in my church, not in our school. We're not going to let pornography and the things of the world run rampant in Fort Myers, Florida. We're going to stand guard against the wiles of the world and say, devil, 
get out of town. This is not your domain, but we're taking territory. So yes, it's after your kids. But I'm ready for somebody to get so mad that you say, no, 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 not no more. Not no more. I know it ain't Father's Day, but I wish a daddy would get mad enough and say, not anymore. Let me tell you, I know kids hate it. Now I won't say it. I don't want all the young people mad at me. But it, it's a shame that we have young kids, young kids with cell phones and no time limits. I, I'm sorry. I know you kids don't like that, but I'm not trying to tell you how to parent your kids. I ain't got no kids. But let me tell you something. I got nieces and nephews, and they have those phones, and they just can do whatever they want to on it. My niece has been exposed to cuss words. She's gotten in trouble in school for saying words. Let me tell you something. You better be careful, parents, that you don't let your kids have something that can destroy their innocence too early. You better put time limits on those things. You better say, no, no, no. After 7 p.m., our family goes to prayer. You don't sit on cocoa melon and anything else all night long. We're going to go to prayer and ask God to protect our house. <laughs> and we're living in a generation, you can be seated. We're living in a generation where this next group of young people have been dumbed down by these devices. You can check the studies. I don't have to, I don't have to give you all the details. But, but the state assessment testing is showing that the intelligent level of the children next generation is so low. It's incredibly low. It makes you wonder because the elders had something when they said, no, we don't do that television stuff. We, we, we don't watch that mess. We don't go to those places because all it is is a trap of the devil. And if you're not careful, you'll invite your children into a cage that you're sitting in and God does not design for them to be entrapment. But he's saying to the church today, come up out of it. I'm calling you to come up out of it. I'm calling you to go higher with me. I'm calling you to a deeper level of consecration. I'm calling you. We're going to have revival. Yes, we are. But you've got to come up out of the trap that the devil has set for you. Well, you can be seated. So, we're living in this age where it starts in the mind. And as we see, we can be so consumed by what's in front of us that we refuse to see what God's doing in the spiritual. I'm going to tell you right now, if Asbury should have taught us anything, it should have told us that there is a hunger in the world. People want this spiritualism. But see, the thing is, we don't have easy believism. But I, I'm crazy enough to believe that if we take it into the people, take it to the streets, like, the, like we're doing street ministry this weekend, I fervently believe that people are so desperate enough for a touch of God that it doesn't matter what you tell them after. Hey, you got to be baptized. You know, let me, let's do it. Oh, you got to walk holy. Oh, let's do it. You got to put the alcohol down. Let's do it. 
You got to put the cigarette. Oh, let's do it. It doesn't matter what you tell them. I promise you, there's a hunger in this world and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And God say, will there be a church that will stand in the gap and say, baby, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're going through, but come up out of your cage. Come up out of your bondage. Come up out of what's got you held up. My God have mercy. See, here's the a, here's a benefactor, okay? We look at a place called Corinth in Scripture. Corinth was a terrible place. Matter of fact, Corinth was so riddled with sin that it was affecting the church. Sounds a whole lot like the Old Testament because Babylon was affecting the church. And Corinth was... Paul had wrote to all the other churches. And you read the other books. You read the other letters. And he says, oh my, you know, I'm so thankful that you're doing this. I'm thankful you're doing that. And Corinth, he says, hey, I, I've been praying for y'all, but I've been hearing some stuff. He said, I, I, I just was hearing some stuff. He said, I, I had heard that, that this was all going on. and I had heard that y'all started looking like the world and started talking like the world. He said, I'd heard now, I'm not sure now, but I, uh, the person that told me, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't lie. He said, I'd heard that y'all kind of got things out of order. And he said, I, I just, I heard some stuff, so, so I want to address those things. He said, so let me tell you something, Corinth. We are the church of the living God. He said, therefore, you don't look like the world, you don't talk like the world, and your preachers better not preach like the world. He said, God has called you to come out from among them and be ye separated. Therefore, Corinth, you better not let Corinth affect you. You better not get out in the streets and tussle with them in the mud. But you better say, God's called you higher. You better not get out there in the world and start doing the things they're doing, going to the bars they go to. But you got to say, baby, God's got more for you. Now, he done got on that organ. I love that organ. I'm going to do my best not to keep you long because of that organ. But let me tell you what happens. This is what the scripture tells us. He says, flee these things. Flee lust. Flee perversion. Flee all these youthful things, you know. You know, the Bible says, you know, don't let no man despise your youth. Flee all these things. Get away from it. But then this is what he says. He gives instruction. He said, okay, I want you to get away from it, but this is how you're going to do it. And this is what I love. He says, I believe it's in verse 20, 24, if I'm not mistaken. In 25, he says, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. You know what he just said right there? He said the, the way's already been laid. You already have an opportunity to be free. The only person that's stopping you is yourself. Well, I thought the rest of you would get. The only person that's stopping you from being free from porn addiction is yourself. The only one that's stopping you from being set free and delivered 
is yourself. I bring it closer to home. The only thing that's keeping you from being a good husband is yourself. The only thing that's keeping you from being a good wife is yourself. The only thing keeping you from obeying your parents, young people, is yourself. He said, recover yourself out of the snare of the devil. He said, the only thing that can get you out of this trap, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be nobody in the church. It's not going to be the preacher. It's going to be yourself. So what you got to do is you got to put your pride down. You got to put your ego down. Oh, I don't want nobody thinking I'm struggling. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody in, the, in this room going to judge you for struggling. But it would be a shame if you left this place and still struggling. Yeah. It would be a shame if you left this place and you're still bound up. You still can't get freedom. You still can't feel God. You still can't get any breakthroughs. You're still crying yourself to sleep. You're still tossing and turning. Hey, there's a God here that's saying you got to recover yourself. Just like Peter said on the day of Pentecost, save yourself from this untoward generation. Nobody can do it for you. Your mama can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you. Grandma and grandpa can't do it for you. The pastor can't do it for you. At some point in time, you're going to have to make up your mind. I'm going to do it myself. God, come and save me. God, come and feel me. God, come and break the chains of bondage. You know, that, that's one of the reasons people struggle getting the Holy Ghost. It's because you come down here because somebody made you come. But when you make up your mind and you decide, I'm going to do it myself. When you decide, I'm, I'm not going to do it because mama wants me to. I'm going to do it because I want to. When you make up your mind, then you come down here to this altar and we ain't even got to pray for you five minutes. We just got to say, God, in the name of Jesus, you see this willing vessel filling with the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I've seen more people get the Holy Ghost in that instance than see people get the Holy Ghost from the first one. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost because they were ready. They were willing. I didn't even have to lay hands on them. But when you make up your mind, God said, I'm here and I'm ready. Whenever you're ready, I'm here waiting on you. give you one more personal story that okay I remember when I was seeking after the Holy Ghost I didn't know what was what it was I'm be honest I really thought those Pentecostal people was a little crazy I went to a funeral one time and we're at this funeral dead man dead he laying in his he laying in the casket some point along the way I heard them uh, they weren't doing the Sunday Night Live I almost did Sunday Night Live but they did the whatever the shall be is. And all of a sudden, I hear people babbling off in languages I didn't know. And I saw people shouting and dancing. And I'm thinking, these folks are crazy. Then I went to a Pentecostal church service. That was a funeral. Then I went to a church service. And I saw these people running the aisles and doing all this crazy stuff. And I thought to myself, these folks are crazy. What in the world's got them so excited? What in the world's got them so 
jumping off over pews and swinging from chandeliers. What is it about what these people got that's got them so excited? But I realized something. Where my depression, where I couldn't overcome depression, the Holy Ghost helped me overcome depression. Hey, you want to know why the pills ain't working? Because God is the only one that can renew your mind. You wonder why the anxiety hasn't left? Because God's the only one that can give you peace that's overflowing. You want to know why the suicidal thoughts ain't left? Because God's the only one that can help you in a dark moment. Hey, I'm just here to tell you from my own experience. I don't know what you're going through, but I want somebody to understand something. When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, I promise. When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, all of a sudden you realize, hey, I don't want to kill myself. I think I can go another day. I, I, I don't have anxiety anymore. I think I do have peace of mind. I don't have depression anymore. I do feel light in a dark place. Because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, help me God. Help me God. I'm really am trying to help somebody. If you're in this room and you're struggling with depression, I feel in the Holy Ghost somebody in here is. I'm going to tell you, if you're struggling with depression, I'm not trying to belittle your circumstance. I don't know what you've gone through, but I promise you, if you come to this altar and you let God fill you with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says he's a light and dark path. The Bible says he'll help you when you can't be helped. The Bible actually says now unto him that can keep you. He's a keeper. Uh, that's what the elder said. He's a keeper. He'll keep you. When you when, when the babies are fighting and, and the husband acting stupid and, and, and maybe the wife is acting crazy. When, when all that's going on, he'll keep you. But I'm almost done, okay? I'm almost done. So, the Bible lets us know, you got to make up your mind. It all starts in the mind. But when you make up your mind, whenever you make up your mind, the door is already open. You just got to walk through it. Come on, stand with me all over the place. Hey, God's calling somebody to walk through the door right now. Hey, you've been sitting in trap for too long. You've been sitting in bondage for too long. God saying, come on, I got you. You just got to walk through the door. You need to make up your mind. I'm going to walk through the door this morning. You need to make up your mind. I'm not going to stay bound anymore. I'm not going to stay burning down anymore. I'm not going to stay hemmed up anymore. But I'm going to walk through the door into my freedom. So, let me tell you what gives you freedom. Number one, the Holy Ghost, obviously. The Bible tells us, many brethren, what shall we do? He said, you got to repent. Now, repent's not just you saying, I'm sorry, God. But repenting is you saying, God, I'm turning away from it. I'm done with it, I'm leaving it here. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, not the titles, not, not, not poured over you, not sprinkled, but that word baptism means to be fully submerged. You got to be submerged in water in Jesus' name. 
And the Bible says that when you come up out of the water, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. When you come out of that water, if you're ready, God's ready. All you got to do is say, here I am. I'm ready, God. Do what you want to in my life. Free how you want to. Break the chains of addiction. Break the chains off my life. Bring me out. I'm ready, God. God, here I am. Do whatever you got to do in my life. Do whatever you got to do in my family. Do whatever you got to do in my home. Do whatever you got to do in my school. But God, bring me out. As they begin to sing, if you, if you find yourself bound up this morning, if you say, I need deliverance, I need what that preacher's saying, I promise you, nobody's going to judge you to come down to this altar. We welcome you. We love you no matter what you got going on. We love you with your skeletons in your closet. But you need to make up your own mind. Today, I'm living for God. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer. Come on, let's pray, church. God, help us right now, Lord. Come on, church, let's pray like we know how to pray. The Bible says when Zion travails, when Zion travails, he Break every chain, break every chain. See, there is power. 